warm welcome, please. Good morning. Continuing the theme of harvest. When it comes to reaping the harvest, we are God's arms and legs. <clears throat> Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Then Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits, to heal disease and sickness. He sent them out with the following instructions, go to the lost sheep. Proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near to you. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leopard, drive out demons. Don't get any gold or silver or copper to take with you. No bag or purse for the journey. As you enter a home, let your peace rest upon it. I want to take the theme this morning. Has the clock been set? Um, I've got some bad news. I had eye surgery yesterday. <laughs> I can't see what time the clock's at. Yeah. The theme this morning is, is kingdom lifestyle to see a kingdom harvest. I saw a video clip yesterday of, of Billy Graham preaching. Huge, huge stadium, probably 10,000 people sitting you know, in, in my youth, that is what we associated with the harvest field. People brought in, people being preached at, thousands of people waiting to respond when the gospel is preached. But when Jesus saw men and women going about their daily lives in the villages, in the synagogue, on the hillside, and when he saw them fainting and harassed, and disappointed and fearful, struggling with poverty, with no hope, he said, that's the harvest. That's the harvest. Oh, but the laborers are so few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will send laborers into his harvest. The bad news this morning is that we are called to be laborers into the harvest. And it's not maybe what we thought it was. It's not spectacular. 
It's not standing and preaching the gospel to thousands. It's responding when someone's hurting. It's responding when someone's despondent. It's responding when someone is fearful. And it's living a lifestyle which somehow makes people feel that the kingdom of God has somehow come close to them. That makes it easier for people to believe in Jesus. Our mission is knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. And God is charging us all with the responsibility of living the kingdom lifestyle so that when we rub shoulders with someone, they sense somehow that the kingdom of God has drawn near to them. And I want to take the kingdom lifestyle under, under three, three headings. The kingdom ethos, the kingdom atmosphere, and uh, the kingdom authority. The kingdom ethos, I think, is twofold. And uh, Jesus' role modeled it here in Matthew 9, when he saw the crowds, when he saw they were fainting, uh, they were harassed and they were helpless. The Bible says, Matthew who wrote this said Jesus was moved with compassion. On one of um, the mission trips I went on to Pakistan, a young pastor called Paul Randerson was there. And we climbed up this this hillside to look out across a plain in front of us and as far as the eye could see was tent after tent after tent after tent occupied by refugees who had fled Afghanistan and Paul Anderson stood and looked over this scene and he began to weep and I knew immediately here was a man of compassion and to me, that defined who Paul Anderson was. When he saw the scene, the compassion of God rose within him. I don't know how Jesus manifested compassion, but in his demeanor, when he saw the crowds, when he saw the state, the helplessness they were in, when he saw the human difficulties they were struggling to cope with, Matthew records that Jesus was moved with compassion. <clears throat> the, the older I get, uh, the more I believe that the only true motive for doing anything is compassion. <clears throat> compassion rules out in, in ulterior motives. Do you want to do it because you get noticed? Do you want to do it because you're ambitious? Do you want to do it because you want to somehow climb the, the, the greasy pole and, and become a leader? The real motive for being involved in Christian ministry, role modeled by Jesus, was compassion for people who were lost and who were like sheep without a shepherd. Compassion doesn't only purify the motives I believe that compassion somehow in, in the 
economy of God, compassion gives arms and legs to what could otherwise just be good ideas. And when Jesus saw the mess that these people were in, he sent out the twelve. He didn't say preach to them, <laughs> heal the sick, lift the burdens, dispel the fear, bring the ethos of the kingdom of God near to them. And that's a question we all maybe should ask ourselves this morning. Do we share the compassion of God? The second aspect of the ethos of the kingdom is that it's an ethos of grace. <coughs> compassion purifies the motives. Grace prevents us becoming judgmental. It would have been so easy for Jesus to have seen the crowds and said, well, it's their own, it's their own silly fault. They should have saved for a rainy day. They're the, the, the reaping the, the, the product of all the decisions they've made. No, he saw the need, but grace sees the reason they're in the need. And grace, Jesus looked through the eyes of grace and Jesus said, they're actually in the difficulty they're in because they are sheep without a shepherd. No role models, no one to care for them, no one to lead them and guide them. So I'm making a plea this morning for compassion and for grace. We went to a church uh, on holiday quite a few years ago and it was struggling. The membership was small and they were, they were trying to pray people in, you know. And uh, we were on holiday, we went and we were sitting there ready for the service to start. And the family came in. Obviously, I think it was the first time they'd been. Um, they sat down on, on these seats and immediately somebody came up to me and says, Oi, do you mind? We always sit there. You know. And he'd assist me, I don't think they'll come again, you know. Instead of a, 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 a grace, a gracious acknowledgement, isn't it great? Somebody's taking our seat. We'll go sit somewhere else, you know. Compassion, grace. Maybe in groups it would be worth following through more of the kingdom ethos. But you know, the kingdom of God has an atmosphere. Jesus said when he sent out the twelve, wherever you go, let your peace rest there. Edith and I have been to Russia and we, we've sensed the atmosphere of fear oppression. We've been to Tunisia and Edith remarked there was something in the town that made you feel uneasy. It was an uneasy atmosphere. We've also been to Iona which isn't a kingdom but the very birthplace of Christianity where missionaries were sent out. Centuries of Christian worship and prayer. When you go to Iona 
as an atmosphere. Someone said it's just as if on Iona the curtain between heaven and earth is very thin. And it's the peace of God. And the atmosphere of the kingdom is peace. It's so easy to, to, to go and talk to somebody and give them a bee in the bonnet that buzzes around all day. Jesus says, no, let your peace rest. I pulled this off the internet this morning. St. Francis had the kingdom view. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there's hatred, let me sow love. Where there's injury, pardon. Where there's doubt, faith. Where there's despair, hope. Where there's darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. So what we do, we do in the atmosphere of peace. And I, I want to say this morning, off the back of some of the stuff that's already been said, if compassion rises within you and you feel that you need to do something, you feel God's prompting you, it might be her neighbor's hedge, Howard. <laughs> it's actually in my notes, this. In 1996, when I was a young man, Care Rent Scheme housed a young lady, a single mum, who desperately needed to flee a violent partner. And the only property we had was filthy and dirty. And the landlord says, don't worry, I'll, it'll be done, I'll do it. The day before the lady was due to move in, we found he'd gone to France for a holiday and he hadn't done a thing. And two of us at care, we said, we, we can't let this girl move in. We can't let her move into this. And the social worker who introduced her to us and asked for help had already said to me, I like the help I get from the care shop, it's good. It, 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 there's a good feel about it. But I need to warn you, don't talk to me about Christianity. And she was antagonistic about the Christian faith. But she was happy to bring people. Can you give this lady a bed? Can, can, you, can you house her? So myself and a, a young man called John O'Neill and uh, people here this morning will remember John some compassion rose and we thought we've got to sort this house before this lady moves in and we put a whole day in <laughs> the social worker saw my car outside and called in John was in the garden getting up dog poo and broken glass I was on my knees in the loo with rubber gloves, hands in the toilet, trying to unblock it from all the stuff. And this social worker came in, and she was very quiet. We got the house sorted, the lady moved in. A few days later, the social worker rang me up. She made me an offer I couldn't refuse. David, 
Are you around at the care shop at lunchtime? Yeah. If I bring two lots of fish and chips in, will you talk to me about Christianity? <sighs> she came in. She said, when I saw you two doing what you were doing for a girl that you hardly knew and there was no way she could recompense you. It broke me. I couldn't handle it. Talk to me about Christianity. She did the next Alpha course. <laughs> she gave her heart to Jesus. A few weeks later she rang me are you around at lunchtime? <laughs> yeah. If I bring three lots of fish and chips, <laughs> can I bring a junior colleague called Bianca? And will you talk to Bianca about Christianity? Bianca came. Bianca did the Alpha course, gave her life to Christ. Just before we left Lyle Marsden, a lady came to one of the Sunday morning services who turns out to be Bianca's mum. And she said, Bianca is a worship leader in a big church, an AOG church in Nottingham. Let's, we, we just, were grateful that God had given the opportunity somehow to touch somebody with the peace and the compassion of the kingdom and make it easier for somebody to believe in Jesus. I've got seven minutes. Kingdom authority. <coughs> Jesus said, don't, don't scrap around for money. What he was saying was, to, don't depend on being able to buy your way. <coughs> I'm going to give you authority. Authority. And the word that, that Jesus used there was the word exousia. And it means this. The ability to thrust forth if you receive that, you, you, you're no stronger. <laughs> Physically, you're not different. The difference is you have a resource which isn't worldly. That you can draw on to meet needs that cannot be met with worldly measures. <laughs> In my simple faith, uh, over the years, uh, I, I've learned to call that that God's given us a second purse. Now that's my purse. And when Edith doles me out five pound at the start of each month, <laughs> it rattles, you know. But today, there's nothing in it. Peter and John, I think it was Peter and John, in Acts 3, 
were going to the synagogue to pray. And on the way, they saw a lame man who'd been lame from birth. And as um, Paul talked about somebody this morning who was completely helpless, he was helpless and people carried him every day and laid him there and he would beg. And as Peter and his colleague came past, he looked at them expecting money. Peter brings his purse out. Sorry. Silver and gold we don't seem to have. But I'll tell you what I will give you. I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus. He felt the compelling power of the Holy Spirit at that moment to reach into the second purse. <laughs> and the guy looked at him expecting something. I don't know what he expected. And he said, what we have in the name of Jesus I'm going to give you. Rise up and walk. And immediately, his feet and his ankles received strength. They helped him up, but then they let him go, and he's leaping and dancing and praising God, just because somebody felt the urge to reach into the kingdom purse, the authority that God has given, the ability to thrust forth power. It takes more than social work <laughs> to bring people into the kingdom of God and to see them harvested into the kingdom of God. It needs them to see a genuine compassion. It needs them to feel somehow that the kingdom of God has touched them. But wow, if they see the miraculous. Ha! And I've got some news for you. God hasn't changed his mind. And what Jesus said to those 12 is extended later on. These signs shall follow those who believe. They have the same authority. <coughs> we had a young couple came to care rent scheme needing to be housed. They were homeless within a few days. And they were drug addicts, but we felt they were worth helping. And we, I remember saying to them, if, if we're going to house you, we need help from the boss. Oh, we thought you were the boss. I said, well, we've got another boss. When you've gone, we'll ask him if he'll provide a flat, because we had nothing to offer them. Always says, if you mean pray, you can pray now, I don't mind. They were like caged animals, they were restless, they were striding backwards and forwards. And I prayed that the peace of God would descend on them. And then suddenly I felt that it was right to reach into the second purse. And I prayed, Lord, as a sign that you love this young couple, give us a flat by 12 o'clock tomorrow. 
And I said to them, come back at 12 o'clock tomorrow and we'll have a flat for you. Two hours later, I couldn't use my desk. The peace of God had come upon them to such a degree that they were laid across my desk asleep. They woke refreshed and said, we'll come at 12 o'clock tomorrow. 12 o'clock, 5 to 12 the next day, we had nothing. Four minutes to 12, the phone rang. I'm a landlord, I've got a flat, just come empty. It would be ideal for a couple. Have you got anybody for it? <laughs> at 12 o'clock on the dot, the couple walked through the door. I said, your flat's come. Oh, we knew it would. You know. They wrote a letter to us said, we always had an idea penciled in that God existed. <laughs> but now we know because we felt his peace in your rooms and he answered prayer. There's a kingdom lifestyle that will help people believe in Jesus and help bring in the harvest into the kingdom of God. Spot on you.